and welcome to Ammo Kenzoku, Episode 3, Podcast from Another World. We are a group of four bubblegum crisis boomer otaku who want an excuse to talk about anime, manga, and any related subjects we find interesting. The Kenzoku are Nick. Hello. Mike. Hi there. Dylan. Hello. And I'm Sam. This episode is being recorded on the... 3rd of March 2022. Um, today we are going to be talking about isekai, um, the, the genre of that seems to be taking over uh, the universe right now of anime and manga. Um, we will do our best not to spoil things, but if we do, um, we'll give you a warning um, ahead of time. All right, and with that, Hashin! So, I think we all know isekai anime or anime and manga as um, stuff that's uh, a character gets whisked away or somehow ends up in a world that is not the normal world. Um, What a normal world, quote-unquote, is, is, I suppose, up for uh, interpretation. Um and it's been around for a while now and mike i think you had some good um titles that you had seen knew about that were like classic ones you want to share some of those well i mean there's the 80s one of or a battle or dunbine was one of the first really big ones and then in the 90s you had Quite a few. You had um, let me cu- let me cut in let me cut in with the first big one, which I think I'm I'm not crazy on this, which is Tenchi Muyo. Uh, no, Tenchi. No, was kind of is that one not? It was more kind of like a sci-fi show. I don't because I don't ever recall him being transferred to another world. There was all there was there was tr- like airship travel, but I don't think there was actual like alternate dimensions that he traveled to. Okay, Night, Night Rayer, yeah. that was the one I was trying to remember. Yeah. There El, we go. Oh man, yeah, El, El Hazard for sure. Oh yeah, classic. I think I, think um, I want to I was say actually, El Hazard is one of the best. Oh, it's extremely good. Yeah, El um, Hazard. Is I was excellent. actually. I was thinking about Mike. You had mentioned before uh, this that uh, Alice in Wonderland, right, is classic isekai. Oh yeah. Um, not out, even outside of uh, uh, anime and manga, right? Uh, and and a couple Connecticut others. Yankee and King Arthur's Court. I suppose you oh, could yeah. also say um, H.G. Wells' The Time Machine could be considered an isekai. Oh yeah. See, I actually want to talk about stuff like that um, later. So. <laughs> And um, another 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 one is uh, the Wizard of Oz. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Absolutely. Yeah! That's a good, true uh, multimedia uh, project. That one. Um, there was one other one. Uh, another big oh, Lion the Witch and the Wardrobe. War- yeah. Lion the Witch and the Wardrobe. Um, another classic one. Yeah. Yes, Definitely. Narnia. Um, and of course, there have been terrible isekai for a long time like the gore series that i think was biggish in niche sci-fi fans in the 70s and had a few terrible movies made from it that 
you know, if you want your isekai to a misogynist world with slavery, well, there's a trope definer there. <laughs> what, what was the name uh, of that again? Gore? It like G-O-R-E? Book, yeah, G-O-R, a book series. Hmm. Somehow this skipped past my obscure knowledge of dumb things. Strangely, <laughs> it even had an... Um, alternative uh, BDSM-ish lifestyle movement kind of named after it that I don't know very much about, but I know it exists, and that's probably too much. <laughs> it exists, existed or still exists? I'm not sure if it still exists, but it existed for quite a while. It was called Gorianism, and I think it was a very like male-dominant kind of BDSM-ish movement, but as I said, I don't know much more about it than that it exists. Huh. All right. Well, Come on in. the topic of anime and manga, oh, did you have something? Well, uh, well I had the question is, I'll ask it, this one here, did Tezuka do it first? Uh, in terms of anime and manga? Yeah. Did was he did he have a isekai thing that he did ever? I, I looked into this because um, I thought Tezuka did everything first. Um and I think he did uh, Lost World, which is probably similar-ish. Um, whether it's truly isekai, I'm I'm not sure. They go to literally another world, but it's more like another planet or asteroid or something. Um, so I don't know if it really counts. It's borderline. He can get some credit, though, I think. He can get partial credit. So that, uh, that kind of gives ahead. me to my... My question, which and maybe you're going there already, which is, what is is what what makes isekai isekai? Yeah, so we have the person going to another world, um, and yeah, you had mentioned uh, time going back in time, and uh, that was one of the things that I was going to ask you guys is, does do you guys know what Doctor Stone? Oh, I love Doctor Stone. Yeah, yeah, me too. It's really, yeah, for Shonen series, A plus. I I like it a lot. I consider that isekai, even though it's mm. it's not technically another world. Yeah, but it has the trappings of Is it. Time travel isekai gets interesting, but and I think it well, gets more isekai the more fantastic the world is, like time travel versus quote time travel. I mean, with in Doctor Stone's case, well, first in Doctor Stone's case, it's hard for me to say definitively one another because it hasn't. I, don't, I haven't seen the end of it, so I don't truly know if it really is another world or if it is just the you know the extreme future that is presented in the show, which is about the most detail they'll go into it. But by, I mean, I don't know if there's a hard definition, but by the word itself, isekai is literally like another world. I don't know if you can consider the future another world or not. I mean, it might as well be because it's so far in the future. So it's kind of like, you know, you're 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 really nitpicking some some fine detail. I think isekai. I think off the modern definition, probably not. But I think if we start to look into, you know, what really defines an isekai, we can probably apply that moniker to a lot more shows than, than you know, the standard normie, so to speak, would. Yeah, would it becomes a sandwich to. argument. Like, is Back yeah. to the Future an isekai? <laughs> what about Back to the Future too? Right. Or, what do you think, Dylan? Um. Yeah, I was having that that same. Uh 
I was just trying to figure if yeah, back or future time. I, I'm still I'm still trying to figure out like it's one of these Sekai things where you're like, oh, it's like, well, I know it when I see it, but sometimes it'd be hard to define because there's other ones where there's, uh, there's other ones that have like fantastical elements and stuff like where people go into kind of like a fantasy realm or world. Like I'm just looking at some of the stuff in my world. Like there's uh, Shakugan no Shana where they stay in the world, but they like overlay this other world on top of it. And I don't think that that counts as isekai, but I'm also kind of like, all right, well, so why not? It's it, to me, it feels like isekai has to have if one of the premise things has to be that a protagonist character is involuntarily transported from their normal area, their normal living area to another place and and they can't return at will uh so i'm gonna challenge that go throw your flag uh so there's a an isekai that i really like called gate um (laughs) yeah i was gonna use that as an example as well yeah like and the main premise is the the quote unquote gate is still open, right? And you can, they can go back and forth. And that's part of what makes it so interesting is it's another world that they get pulled into initially, but then they f- are able to find their way back. And then they, they address all of the interesting things that happen with that. Um, but gate is, it's not just a character. It's literally two entire like civilizations more or yeah. less that end up interacting because I mean, this is, I mean, this is literally the first episode, so I don't think it's really requires a spoiler yeah. tag, but literally the show opens up with like dragons and armored knights and goblins running through a gate into like Tokyo, I want to say, and wreaking havoc. And then the army shows up and shows, by the way, modern firepower gives no craps about dragons and stuff because we just shoot them out of the sky and you're like oh so the question of what happens when modern technology meets you know this you know high fantasy you know goblins and dragons what happens well i mean tank tanks just run over everything right so i think uh that, that i think gates is an interesting i would say um what's the word uh so like like uh offshoot of the typical isekai is what i want to say like i think it counts but i would say that it people would not consider it to be like a mainline isekai series like say uh you know like a konosuba or a, or a tensura or something like that sure i i still think it it counts because it does have the literal the the, the titular isekai in it um the time travel one i do think that Dr. Stone and things like that count as isekai because it presents the same kind of um, plot situations. I know it's borderline, but um, I give it credit, especially since in Dr. Stone, it's kind of like um, the Stone Age, basically, and they have to redo everything, which is a common trope, right? People bring the modern world into the the other world uh, and see what happens. Uh, you guys were probably, since it seems like you guys are on, in the camp of, um, time travel does not count as isekai, um, that, uh, I was going to ask you guys, uh, if you thought this, 
there's this show called Remake Our Life, um, which is another time travel thing. Um, and it's it has a similar angle of, I'm going to put you in another world. In this case, the guy goes back in time. And you still have the knowledge of, quote unquote, your world. And so in his case, it's the knowledge of how things happened um, in the future. And he gets to do stuff over. That's almost isekai, barely. But since you guys aren't going to buy into that, I was you're not going to buy into my last one, which is I was going to ask you if Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was a isekai. <laughs> Wait, what? No, I think that's more a fish out of water <laughs> story. Yeah, okay. I was going to ask. If, I, was, I was going. I was going to ask if Futurama is an isekai. That gets more oh, yeah. interesting. Mm. Mm. Yeah, see, that's where it starts for me. It starts to get a little bit. That's where I. I feel like. Yeah, that's a tough one. Does there have to be the possibility of return? No. I think in most of them there isn't. I would say I would say contrary, no, like other ways. Most of them, I would say there are. Like if if you look at the the flag bearers, so to speak. I mean, if even if you go back to something like El Hazard, like yeah, classical. That's true. Isekai. Classic it ones, seems yeah. like there's more the possibility of return, and that's largely the goal. Like El Hazard, um, Escaflone. So there there was a a shift in the genre at some point. Um, Dylan, you actually dug into this some about like kind of when this shift might have happened and what it started with. Do you want to talk about any of that? Sure. So uh, in the U.S., there's a kind of a a huge popularity spike around Sword Art Online, and I did just a little bit of Google Trends analysis, just kind of looking at stuff, and it was kind of interesting because uh, we actually looked at Google Trends for like turns looking at terms like sword art online and isekai and stuff and looking those both actually in japan using the japanese search terms and in the um and the u.s and like sword art online got pretty pretty big like their biggest spike was in like july of 2014 which i think was kind of towards the either the end of the first series or the actually that would have to be somewhere around like the movie or something um so it got up to about like by Google trend search up to something about like a third of a Naruto, which is pretty huge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a third of a standard Naruto a unit. Yeah. Yeah. Stand. Unit. Yeah. yeah one, one third of a standard Naruto unit. Um, and I kind of looked at a couple other, um, a, a couple other, like what I felt were relatively well-known isekai stuff. And like, they're nowhere near that peak, certainly not in the U S. Um, and similarly looking at those trends are like the, it's one of those things that are kind of interesting to figure out where this term isekai came from, because frankly, like I don't remember the term in like the nineties or the early two thousands. And it may not. be just one of those things where yeah, like, no. I just wasn't aware of it. And if you look at trends, like it really, it doesn't show up until, you know, like roughly 2013, it starts showing up on trends a little bit. And it actually finally like now on trends is like, higher peaking higher than uh sword art online is and other stuff like so that term itself has become a whole thing and like there's a whole tab for isekai stuff on crunchyroll um so a slight um a slight contrast is um looking at the same stuff in japan where you see 
the spike in popularity for Sword Art Online is much less than than it was in the U.S. I think it's partly because the novels were out earlier, and so like some people were there. Um, but you also see that the term isekai is around, like, you know, showing up on Google Trends not unreasonably, and then getting fairly coming up, starting fairly popular around like 2009. Um, mm-hmm. And judging versus actually judging versus even like a standard Naruto unit around 20, uh, around basically the beginning of 2016, 2017, the term isekai in Japan overtook Naruto for, for Google trend search and it continues wow. to grow. Yeah. I was very surprised. Um, that makes sense to me because right around then was when Naruto was, was wrapping up, I want to say, as mm-hmm. far as the True. manga. And that was before the um, they announced the, the follow-up, uh, the Boruto series that his assistants ended up uh, continuing. That was before that was really announced in a thing. So I think that ex- that, that kind of explains the, the upward rise, downward trend of Naruto and the upward rise of, of SAO uh, in Japan. That makes total sense to me. Or it wasn't SAO that was taking over. It was the term Isekai. Oh, the term SAO isekai. has been. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, Isekai. Yeah, it was a, 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 literally just the term Isekai. Like has been on this large upward trend, way higher than anything else. Um, and I think that uh, continues into this whole thing of that. S that SAO Sword Art Online had a. Uh, I think it, it was you know a very popular show and um, it had a big change over. I think in kind of like the means of the the isekaiing i don't know how i don't know what the term to call that or the transportationing or Mm -hmm. um because before that i would say it was largely uh you know largely fantasy based means like if you go back to like um uh you know like Like escaflone that's yeah Yeah, fushigi yugi escaflone like many of those other ones i don't remember i don't remember the mechanism for el hazard's transportation it was more or less kind of like a portal a mystical portal so yeah it was a fantastical um yeah it's usually some sort of like mystical portal or mystical summoning to to call the heroes and then after sao like there's still is some of that, but oftentimes it's it just it because it was this whole MMORPG thing. Well, and hey, hey, if we're gonna use the MMORPG up. thing, let's be real. Dot hacked was the first to do it, right? Okay, it yeah, was it was the first. I wanted to talk about that. Yeah, it was the but... first, but it was also kind of an isolated one, well ahead. Like what was that? Like a decade ahead of sort of one. One, I want to say one or two. I mean, it was yeah. massive yeah. in the early 2000s. Like all the games and everything. Like Dot Hack was yep. everywhere. And uh, yeah, and that was. I know, will give credit. G. I will give. I I will give a lot of credit to Sao for popularizing it, but I do think Dot Hack deserves some. I don't know progenitor credit because uh, I haven't. I have no proof of this, of course, but the timing for when Dot Hack comes out, and then shortly after that, um, Sao starts getting published online. The guy starts self-publishing it. Mm-hmm. So. Um, my my theory, no proof, of course, is that the guy is inspired by Dot Hack. Well, which yeah. is fine, right? Like even if he's inspired by yeah, it, yeah, it's not totally. a crime, right? And he No 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 by you know, I I'm I'm personally am not a fan of SAO. Uh SAO is actually what really soured me to the term Isekai and what turned me really really turned me off to watching anything even, you know, 
associated with the word for honestly the last decade it wasn't until quite like quasi recently like the last three years where i started to give any show a chance that even had you know that in the tag and i realized oh okay people have figured out how to make you know shows using that that tag that i can stomach and I, i can actually enjoy so can we can you expand as to why why you became to dislike that show so much um for me it was uh, i i won't give it i don't think there's like a really i would say obvious reason part of it was the effect of everybody kept telling me that it's the best thing ever and the best thing since life bread and it's amazing and it's a you know it's beautifully animated this mm-hmm. and that and i'm like fine i'll watch it and then it was put up such a high pedestal that there was absolutely no way it could meet these expectations for me because i'm one of those people the seinfeld yeah, effect I, exactly the ava effect, the ava effect. yeah for, for mike and i honestly i don't i don't despise it for anything rat reasonable i agree it is well animated i think it's incredibly bland as far as plots go like nothing nothing in that show really impressed me as far as the plot um, it's not to say that there, are, you know, other isekais aren't just as bad. I've just used because Sao has been kind of the flag bearer of the genre for the last decade. I, you know, I just really just didn't care for it. And you know, seeing some of the spinoffs that come off her just makes me even, you know, facepalm harder because I'm like, what? I can't believe they're still trying to do this. Is is what I am thinking. And for me, with Sao, I think one of the issues I had was, again, not trying to go into plot much, was that you could have told that story without the whole being transported into it portion of it. And in my opinion, the plot largely remains the same. So what's the point of the isekaiing in it is my issue Mm. where, and I will give, give a comparison just so that, you know, we have something to debate. Like in the case of, uh, of Tensura, the time I got re sucked harder in the slime, the fact that the main character came from what we know as the modern world, the current world, Japan, actually plays into the plot very significantly, especially with certain key characters. Again, don't want to spoil, but um, Sam, I've, you've you've watched all of season one, mm-hmm. right? So I, I I think you kind of have an idea yeah, yeah. of what I'm getting at yeah, with certain right. characters, and Definitely. I feel, and that uh-huh. was for me. I was like, oh, that's really cool. That's the whole point of him being isekai in right versus just oh let's just start the show with the main character as is a slime that happens to be blessed by some arbitrary power versus oh he was a salary man that gets randomly assaulted and dies and now it's you know it, it seems kind of like jarring but then you, you start to realize that there's a point to, to him and then you find out the whole world actually has this kind of system of you know bringing people in mm-hmm. and i thought that's a cool way to you know integrate the fact that this, these characters are being isekai and whereas and, and in my opinion sao it serves zero purpose so i would say i i enjoyed the first half of the first season of sao a lot um same as you i i really was not interested in it for a long time because um, i actually have an aversion to the the mmo um <laughs> anime um but the animation was so good. I'd seen so many clips, and I so I have I, to agree with that. It was had to check incredibly it out. well animated. I will give it that. Yeah, but the the first plot I think is actually pretty interesting in in the you know it's a kind of mystery about the you know who made the game and 
what's going on. Um, but I agree. Like, I don't know. I think to me it comes down to the whole, like, when it's the game take, or when the, the show, the world, the, the, the actual isekai is in a video game, to me the stakes are just so low. I mean, <laughs> yeah, okay, in SAO it's, um, oh, when you die in the game, you die in real life. Uh, I don't know. That doesn't do it for me as much. It feels cheap. Um, I don't know. I agree. Dylan, did you... What do you think? You, you like it? So I literally just... Because for my research, this I uh, I literally just rewatched the entire like first half of the first season of of Sao to be like okay yeah because I had like some positive feelings of it and I uh, so I I think I agree with you Sam that like a roughly and I it's not even actually the whole first half of the first season it's about the first I think it's about to about episode nine and I think it's I actually think it's pretty excellent it's got good interesting things. And then it just completely falls off. Like I watched the last like three episodes of the first half of the first season where they, you know, get to the end of the resolution. And I was just like, Oh mm-hmm. God, this is so bad. Please let it end. And then, and then they go into the second half of the first season. And now you're just straight into like weird sister. Yeah. Lolly stuff. <laughs> it's even more harem than it was in the first half of the first season. Yeah. Um, but I, I think I, the things that I think are actually excellent about Haseo is it was a it was a pretty cool like novel concept that definitely had excellent animation. The character designs I think are are fantastic, mm-hmm. and the music from Yuki Kajiura and mm-hmm. the Crossing Field opening song like Crossing Field is so good that 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 Crossing Field opening animation and song it just makes you want to watch the episode. You don't care. It's so good. The parts that I hate about it is actually, and I think this kind of goes to what uh, Nick was saying of the part where it didn't, I think you said it, Nick, or I forget if Sam, you said it, that it didn't really matter that it was an Isekai or not. And the part that I hate about it that I realized is that, um, and I was reminded of, there's a really great YouTube series of, um, Oh, I'm forgetting the name of the thing now, but it's like the the princesses in peril. Um, okay. It was done like about a decade ago or so by a woman who did a really cool series on like basically women's representation in video games and stuff. And she oh, goes Sarkeesian, to this whole example. Right? What's that? Anita Sarkeesian, I think. That sounds right. Um, I, I, the title of the game is wrong, wrong there. But... Um, but she gave this whole thing where she's like, "Oh, so let's talk about let's talk about stuff. Let's talk about Princess Zelda." And like the Legend of Zelda, this game is all about Zelda. And then you go into a game like Wind Waker. Well, what's Zelda? Oh, she's a she's a, a badass, badass tan, dark skinned pirate who's out there kicking butt. And then she finds out she has special powers and is literally trapped underneath the ocean as a as a, a pale faced, helpless person who is is no longer the protagonist of her own story. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happens with Asuna in the show. Yeah. Yep. As soon as she meets up with, like, she is literally like the second in charge of the front wave people. She is like the number two, like, most badass fighter in this entire world. Everyone knows her. 
and then she meets Kirito, and it's oh. Yep. Yeah, you know, Dylan, and then you, you you've actually, I didn't even realize until you you described this exact scenario, but that definitely is something that uh, something that really rubbed me the wrong way about it as well. I think. Yep. Or I'm like when it comes to music, I'm like the biggest Yuki Kajura fanboy in existence. Still, like I still I still love everything she's she does. I mean, I'm I'm willing to admit Dot Hack is a very very flawed show, but I love it so much because it's one of her best soundtracks. And uh, but with Sao, I just uh, yeah, there was just enough wrong with it that really made me feel violently angry towards it that I, I and I couldn't put my finger on it because outside of the you know isekai not mattering was the main thing but yeah I think uh, that's another factor in it as well where it didn't do anything really? remarkable with characters that were remarkable in this in this in the show right like Asuna is a very remarkable character but she she ends up becoming this very distress almost once the main character is introduced and i think that really that's exactly that's exactly the term of the youtube series it's damn damsels in distress you nailed it yeah um it's a great it's a really interesting series um yeah and then and then things get even worse in the second half of the first season they get even creepier and worse yep that's why i just i'm not interested in sao anymore because yeah it gets it just triples down on that whole thing uh, and it just gets really boring um, because of that. It's kind of uninteresting. Do you guys, do any of you like MMO settings for Isekai? I do not. You um, know. That's not to say there are some that I like, but I, as a, if the default, if it's in an MMO, I'm not interested. You uh, know, now that you mention it. Oh, sorry, Mike, go ahead. It's definitely not my favorite thing. I think the only one that I really kind of got into was Log Horizon for the first season. Yes, that's the exception I think of, yeah. Have not watched, so cannot cannot say. Um, but I, I, I generally agree, though. I think the MMO setting is a very weak one. And I think you're right. I think you hit the nail on the head earlier, Sam, when you said it's so low stakes, right? It's like, it's just... You just stop playing the game, and then the conflict is over, yeah. right? Just walk away from the damn game, guys. It's not that hard. That's why, for me, I think Dot, at least Dot, with Dot, in Dot Hack's case, it was the first to do it, and they were some yeah, things of like they're 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 trapped in it, right? So they can't get out. Mm-hmm. So you know that's that's a bit, if, if the stakes feel a bit higher, but uh, but yeah, I, I now that you mention it, I don't think there really are any like MMO game based ones that I enjoy at all. Like what what are what are some big other big ones? Like what was there it was Axel World. Back in like the oh, man, yeah. late two thousand, like a whole bunch of unremarkable ones, right? Like there was Excel World. Excel World is written by the Sao guy. Yeah, too, I, I know, and it was even <laughs> just as unremarkable in my opinion. Um, yeah. What What else is there? Like No Game, No Life. Is that another one? Uh, actually, I didn't realize, but I think that's just an isekai. Just vanilla, yeah, because he just plays a bunch of games to save some. Doomed it was because the main it talked about the main character being. I had zero interest in watching it. I'm not gonna lie. So. It's been a long time since I watched it, so I don't really remember. I don't quote me on that. So I did. I did some other research of of putting things on the background and seeing if they caught me. So uh, I watched, kind of watched most of the "I'm Standing on a Million Lives," and it was kind of a. It was kind of interesting for the first like 
three episodes, and that's kind of my thing with a lot of these, like, Isekai, and particularly, I think, the MMOs, I'm like, okay, how long can you keep my interest? And that one kept my interest for, like, three episodes, and then it's just, I'm like, I don't even care what's going on anymore. Um, mm. And there's some, there's this other thing, I feel like, like a new show that's that's just airing now uh, in the land of, of Lee Dale. It, it's, um, it's like this, the Isekai part, at least I watched like three episodes and I got bored to hell and I, so I turned it off. But um, it, like the Isekai part, like it showed that it was like, it was like 10 seconds at the beginning of the first episode where you see like some girls like in a hospital. And then all of a sudden she's like in this world of some sort of MMO thing and she's super elf, but it's all like, it's one of those like relaxing anime kind of things, but she's in an MMO and I'm like, well, why did you have an isekai? Why not just have it be like, hey, here's like, here's here's this elf who's in this fantasy world and is like, you know, yep. it's cool. Uh, I actually, that, that, brings me to something that i i wanted to say that i've thought a lot about in general why i don't like isekai that's not to say that i don't like there are isekai shows that i enjoy of course and we'll talk about some of those later maybe um but the setting of an isekai or the the plot device of a isekai i i hate and i think what i've come up with is that it's I find it lazy because it's um, it's basically like Deus Ex Machina for the beginning of the story. I one hundred percent agree with that statement. <laughs> right? It's like, how do we we want to put this character in an interesting situation? Well, uh, put him in another world. There you go. Yeah, um, done. All right, done. Good job, guys. Yeah, done. All right, collect the paycheck. Like, it, it's. I think it's very tempting for for writers and to to, to use that device because. You can kind of shortcut to interesting things, but yeah, that, and but, unless you're going to example, oh, go ahead. Yeah. So, so I agree with you in general. I think you can still do it as long as the execution is good. And I know this might this is a bit yeah. of a tangent, but we're, this goes back to the is it an isekai or not? And I think there's a show all of us. I think I know all of us have watched. And I'm pretty sure all of us enjoyed it. Is is Abenobashi an isekai? Oh yeah, and, yeah, uh, right. I yes, feel like yes. Yeah, and that show yes. is freaking amazing. Like that is yeah. Gainax at some of their absolute best, and it was Absolutely. Gainax, right? My was favorite Gainax yeah, yeah. show of yeah, the early two thousands. Probably. Yeah, I mean, between we watched... well, Kari Kano and Gurren Lagann. Yeah, so around circa two thousand and three or four, I want to say it was when it when it actually mm. aired. And, 2002. Yeah, there we go. 2002, and that show was, in yes. my opinion, is phenomenal. And it it manages to do everything right. It's hysterical, and it's also incredibly like provocative in its plot. Mm-hmm. Once you see what the hook is, and you're like, oh, whoa. And yeah, so I think you can you can use the isekai like as a plot device and have it make sense and work well, but the execution matters, right? If it's just, oh, main character, you know, main character suddenly trips and falls down, you know, a well and is now in another world, it's like, okay. I don't understand what purpose that serves. Where with with Abunobashi, they they don't really answer that question for you until it's like the reverse, right? Like they're getting isekai, you don't understand why. And then at the end is when you figure out what's going on. And I think that... Is part of what makes it so brilliant. I think that's the key. Is is the the best isekai 
um, don't abandon the, the, the how they got there element. They they kind of embrace it and address it as part of the show, right? Like definitely Dr. Stone, it's a big part of the plot of like how they got there and, and what got them in this situation, right? Um, Abenobashi, it's a huge point. Um, Tensura, definitely. Tensura, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I think like if you can, but even if you don't do that, you if you execute well enough, like you're saying, like I think you can still have a really compelling story and I will forget that you just kind of uh, skipped into this, right? You, you deus ex machina yourself into this this plot. And I think the the lazy reason for doing it is because you're like, I want to have a character that everyone can relate to, but put him in this crazy world. So I'm going to, I'm going to isekai this character that everyone knows. Oh, this is average Japanese middle school guy who got isekai and now he's the world's strongest. Let's see you know, what happens. It could I, happen to you too. Part, part of me wonders, because obviously this is a genre that, you know, it was more or less started as far as an anime goes, like a starter in Japan. But I wonder if, largely because with so much of the japanese population it's funny because you know the term otaku in japan is still kind of a taboo like you don't really claim that you're an otaku in japan even though something like 70 something percent of the population watches anime of some kind and granted mm -hmm. most of that is probably one piece but it's it's still <laughs> all normal people in japan air quotes normal people dating of office workers and students and what have you watch anime of some kind or a lot of it and i think for for a lot of them it's like a, such a great escape from their day-to-day -day, right because everybody knows japan's work life balance you know it's getting better but still <laughs> generally speaking it's pretty horrible so i think for some of these people you know after you're you know like 12 hour grinder of a day and you're like barely standing you know in the train home you can you know at least watch an episode of whatever you know episode of of uh, of of one piece and you know just mm -hmm. at least for that 30 minutes you're like oh yeah this is great i i, I want to see something that's completely you know unrelated to my day-to-day -day life which is probably why it's such a popular genre is because it's literally a genre that's taking you know that's supposed to kind of project you know the mundane life of everyday japanese people and suddenly you're just whisked away into something completely unbelievable and i think that's enticing to them it's like much easier to see yourself in that situation rather than because you because yeah, you want to be is like plus i'm sure there's plenty of people out there if i have to do another 12 hour shift on this you know horrible <laughs> commute i'm going to jump off that building i'm not you know unfortunately suicide rate in japan is very high still but um but so i wonder if it's kind of like a reflection of that as well i didn't really think about that until we started this discussion actually it's a good theory i'd never thought of that before um what, the other thing that I was thinking about too in relation to this is one of the things that I think is that Japanese media in general does really well is these kind of um, rules-based things where you say, where you set up a world with rules and then you kind of watch what happens when you break them. And I think any sekai is kind of like a, a shortcut to that setup where um, I'm going to make this fantasy world and then I'm going to throw this person in there that breaks all the rules right yeah i uh, i agree i like it when i like it because yeah the ones were especially that set up very specific meticulous rules and they adhere to them rigidly unless the rule breaking is you know something that's you know provocative i wouldn't you know usually they don't do that i i agree the shows that the sekai shows that do that i think um 
are the most interesting to me. Actually, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't classify it as necessarily isekai, but like the 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 the, the Tuaru series, the the railgun and the index series. Oh yeah, does that mm-hmm. really well? Where, um, I don't really like the characters so much in it, but I love the setting and the world because they have very very rigid rules they follow and they do not mm-hmm. break them, and I really do appreciate that about the series. Um, I haven't yeah, watched whatever the same. newest one is. I don't know if it's Index Three or Railgun Three. I've I've fell behind on that. But, <laughs> yeah. um, that was something about those series that I did appreciate a lot was the setting and the rules they put into place. Yeah, same. Anybody else have any theories uh, about why this stuff might be so popular, Mike? Yeah, I think feeling like your existence is fairly ordinary and nothing happens is a factor. I mean, goes all the way back to Wizard of Oz there. Rural Kansas is not exactly a happening place where exciting things happen every day. True. And yeah. you feel like... Even that line, right? <laughs> it's not Kansas anymore, right? It's, it's got <laughs> yeah, that that's meaning. True. Very true. Okay. What about you, Dylan? you have any thoughts about that? I think that yeah, I think I'm I'm in line with that with that thinking. And then it, one of those other things is also kind of the commercial thing, where frankly, mm. these shows are in some ways formulaic, and you, they're an easy plot twist. It's hey, guess what? We take our target our target audience, which is a salary man with income of whatever X between 25 and 32 years old, and we put them in a fantasy world, and all of a sudden they are a harem guildmaster show, and they're like, yes, show! Yeah, there's, right. there's definitely some uh, truth to that. Um, I, I won't mention who, because I don't think we need to be pimping up you know, content, other content creators, but there is a, a, a very prominent uh, anime YouTuber on, uh, on YouTube who was doing this uh, thing on, on figures, and he pointed out at, I want to say he was at, was he at anime? He was on one of the big figure stores, and he he pointed out that there was a, a, a middle-aged salary man gentleman, probably in his 40s or 50s, who just per, who literally walked up to the cashier and asked for every single Kirito figure in the store. And oh they had the literally this the, the store had to send all of their you know clerks to find them all, and he ended up purchasing something like seven thousand dollars worth of Kirito figures. Oh I'm like, what the actual hell is? I mean, you know, obviously he has the funds for it, and it's whatever it is about Kirito, he wants all of it. So, I I think there is a lot of uh, uh, truth in what what. Dylan just talked about where targeting that yeah. those those middle those you know middle aged working class people who literally have nothing n- nothing to spend their money on otherwise. It's kind of like um, you know, sequelitis where Hollywood has the the problem of not wanting to take risks. It's like Isekai gives them a way to make a different show, but without having to take any really big risks. Uh, yeah, so. that's definitely true. I I think that's another reason why I hated it. It, it became the go to like you know, hook. And I just, that's I, honestly, I call it, I, I've called what circa 2008 till honestly, like 2016 is what I call isekai hell, where I pretty much just didn't watch anime. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I just didn't watch anime in between those years because I, I, everything seemed to just be isekai this, isekai that. And I was like, I'm done. I can't, yeah. I can't handle this. So we're getting uh, closer to the end here, but I think 
now's probably a good time to kind of see if anybody's gotten any uh, shows, notable shows that they think are worth mentioning, notable isekai shows. Uh, what about you, Mike? You got any? Oh, we haven't mentioned now and then here and there, and we have uh-huh. to put content warning everything on that recommendation, <laughs> but it is a good yeah. show. It's good. Very dark. Oh, yeah. It's it, it's a show I have trouble recommending people because it yeah. certainly is not for everybody is, is the best way to describe it. It can be incredibly traumatizing to many people, but I can't debate that it's an isekai it's literally you know that's that's one of the points of the show and i think it's as much a reaction against all of the isekai of the 90s as anything like i always read it as oh you fantasize about going to another world and suddenly becoming awesome well how about this for you that's absolutely that's actually a great point because isekai always glorifies the character going into another realm and becoming powerful right it's almost always the case mm-hmm. i can't think of a now and then is literally the one instance where it's basically the exact op, not the exact opposite but you're basically taken from like a pretty you know modernized functional world into a dystopic you know world run by you know a, a, tyr- a tyrant and you got to live with those live with those consequences so yeah. Uh, what about you, Dylan? Well, Mike had a strong pick. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a couple. One, I'm gonna go with Escaflone because that was literally like the show that got me into anime as like a thing. Realizing it wasn't just like Akira and Bubblegum Crisis and some other stuff. I still remember when I walked into the uh, the anime club and they were showing episode eight of Escaflone is the first one I saw. And I was like, what in the heck is happening here? Wait, they make TV of this stuff. And then I was hooked for the rest of my life. Um, and it's still a great show. It's a great, I think it's a great isekai show because it doesn't, uh, throw away the premise. And it's, uh, yeah. it's really, really cool. Another one that's a stupid one, but is airing right now that I find, endlessly entertaining and is super dumb is uh one of those long title one it's the life with an ordinary guy who reincarnated reincarnated into a total fantasy knockout it's one of those shows that it sounds stupid and it is but it's like executed just in such an entertaining way that it it amuses me and so if you want a dumb show that's airing now that one i i find super fun and stupid i love dumb shows yeah there's definitely a a nice kind of comfort in a dumb show because you don't have to like be have all of your faculties with you you can kind of just zone out and just sit there and go he did something stupid so yeah uh, there's definitely value in that yeah the plot flaws don't really matter you just kind of wave them away it doesn't matter i'm laughing so i don't care exactly yeah it's pretty uh the 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 premise from the first episode is uh two guys two kind of salaryman guys who have been friends forever in their uh late 20s or whatever and they kind of strike as one of them strikes out again and he's you know like i wish i was a beautiful woman and everyone would want me and then this uh goddess comes over and isekai's them into another world where he's transported into being this beautiful woman who has rpg like stats and they're all like ones except for his luck which is like level 80 <laughs> and his friend is stays as like the salary man guy but he's like level 70 and can trash everything and then so like i said it's this you're like oh this is stupid but i find it entertaining for myself and if you don't that's okay what about you nick you got any 
good ones. Yeah, I mean, I think I threw out some of my, my personal heaviest hitters. You know, like El Hazard is obviously just a timeless classic. It's ageless. You can watch it at any era, and it's great. Um, I, I like my pickup, Abinobashi. I think Abinobashi yeah. is a show probably anybody under the age of 30 has never heard of because I think it pretty much fell off the face of the planet yeah. after, you know, a, probably three, four years after it aired. Uh, it, high, it comes with a, one of my highest recommendations. Phenomenal Yeah, I show. think we all but agree for, on that one. But for me personally, and I don't think this will come as a surprise to any of you, probably just because of nostalgia more than anything, is my, my favorite isekai show has to be Inuyasha. <laughs> didn't even think about that <laughs> straight up uh, right yeah <laughs> obviously like i own what like seven seasons of it in r2 and i subtitled like a hundred and what eight episodes <laughs> yeah. of it like obviously you know i i read that sh- series from what sixth grade through i was 20 28 when it ended something like that so i literally spent you know, it, it's it's my one piece. Like I literally yeah. spent my whole life reading it. So yeah, just it. I mean, it, it you can't debate it. Isekai. guy. It literally yeah. is. She falls into a well <laughs> into another world. Forgot so, about that. Yeah, of course. But uh, but yeah, that, that that had to be my my top pick for number one isekai. Yeah. Uh, boy, you guys are only given a couple. I, I had a I had a big list. Um. <laughs> uh. Well. <laughs> Uh, Log Horizon came up. Um, I really like that one. It's MMO. Um, I usually hate MMO stuff, um, but I just kind of ignore that because it's got. I love politics um, in things and kind of interpersonal relationships, um, and Log Horizon has a lot of that. And I think that's um, that's what makes it shine. And there's a lot of it, so that's nice. I also, I also feel like in Log, my recollection of Log Horizon as well is I really liked it. And I also felt like I don't feel like the main characters in it were like they were not the kirito like super i'm the super soldier gonna kill everyone they were kind of like they're like above average but they weren't like i'm gonna just murder everyone and it's fine it also applies domain knowledge and metagaming to the universe yeah i guess so i mean i i don't really care as much about the the gaming aspects but i do like the kind of strategy and stuff in there um it's always kind of nice um the Tensura we mentioned the I got time I got reincarnated as a slime. I feel like that show is really um, low stakes. Um, it kind of always goes the way you would expect, but it's still really fun and it's an interesting world. Uh, lots of great characters, super good animation. The world um, building I think is for me is what it's how how the main character builds the world from his entrance to wherever it is now. Literally, is literal, right? And it's and then the characters they they add along the way feels very organic and not forced, and it has all of the tropes that I would think would make me not like it, but it's executed just so well and it's animated so well that I I love it. It's it's great. Yeah. I'm really surprised that they can go so long with so many seasons and still have so much really good animation. Um, super impressive. Um, I watched the first, uh, like about the first six episodes of that show, and I was pleasantly surprised. Given the title, I didn't watch it for quite a while. Yeah. I'm like this is going to be stupid. I'm like, all right, I'll watch it. I'm like, oh, this is actually like kind of cool, and I love the Dragon Quest music for it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a really good show. Um, Konosuba, I think we mentioned that. Um, it it like 
it's one of those shows that just uses the isekai as a yeah just to put a guy in a world and then from there they do not care about it at all um and the show is so hilarious uh and animated really well also strangely um so i highly recommend that one uh one that's uh, a couple unusual ones um transcendent of a bookworm this is a or ascendance of a bookworm i can't remember if i have that right but that's a one that's uh kind of has the lazy like i'm not going to really address how i got here but they do kind of um and it's in really interesting ways um it's this girl who basically all she wants to do is um, she gets into this world and she just wants to make books because she was a uh, um back in her original life she was um a bookworm she spent all her time like reading books and so her goal is in this other world fantasy world is to make books um so it's it's really interesting got some kind of dr stone in there a little bit of politics and things like that um it's it's a fun watch um and my other my i think uh gate we talked about and isekai shokudo um is one i really like restaurant to another world uh <laughs> it's a show <laughs> about a guy whose restaurant um on saturday his door opens into another world and people from that other world come into his restaurant and order foods <laughs> it's so funny you mentioned that one because i was going to mention i actually like the other show more the isekai isekaya <laughs> which is quite literally the that. same exact thing i just happen yes. to prefer that one more but they're literally the same show like they really are they're just a, a modern day like mom and pop shop japanese restaurant that on random days suddenly open up into a completely different fantasy world and there is no justification or explanation for it it just happens it's so weird because they started at about the same time. It's like a um, a year apart. Yeah, um, Isakaya Isakaya started like a year earlier, maybe a little less than a year. Earlier. I think it was a season early. It wasn't even a year. Oh no, I mean like the I'm thinking like the web novel stuff, oh, like in terms of giving them like trying to say one was before the other. But I think I watched them both more or less at the same time. Um, yeah, they're like exactly the same thing. <laughs> yeah, but, they really but are, it, but totally different at this. The way they approach it, I is, agree, is totally different. Um, I would um, say I that Is- Isekai Isekaya is more, it's almost, it's, it's, I mean, they're 15 minute episodes and it's more of like a, it's very, it's a much more disarming show. It's just meant to be like a, uh, ha- watch it after a long day of work kind of show, in my opinion. So, Yeah. The, the thing that I liked about the other one, Isekai Shokudo, is that they interweave, um, the people who go to the shop um, and you kind of interweave their stories and they'll bring new people in and they'll interact. And it kind of over this course of two seasons, it all kind of wraps up. Um, it's not like anything earth shattering, but um, it's just kind of fun to see like, Oh, that's the person from this other place. And these two people are, you know, you kind of learn a little bit of their history and, and stuff like that. It's fun. And plus I food stuff is for whatever reason, very interesting to me. Um, no, food same, shows. same, same, same. Yeah, I had some turds in here. I wanted to, I don't really want to be too negative, but um, the So I'm a Spider, So What? I watched that one. Um, and it had some good things going for it, but it had some atrocious CG. Um, and I feel like they kind of <laughs> wasted their, what they had going. But anyways, that's that's uh, that's it for my recommendations. Anybody else um, have any others they want to recommend here for the end? No, but I would unrecommend pretty much every isekai that was an 80s American cartoon show. 
Captain N, the Game Master, is not worth watching. Oh, you don't like oh, you don't yeah. like Mega Man, who sounds like a forty-five-year-old chain smoker. Dylan, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you had something to say there. Uh, I was gonna unrecommend Strongest Sage with Weakest Sign. I I couldn't even get through like an episode. It was so bad. <laughs> okay. Good. Uh, my only closing thoughts are. Uh... Sword art still sucks. That's that's all I have to say. <laughs> Just throw that out there. Cool. All right. Well, with that, um, we've come to the end here. Uh, next time, we will be talking about uh, Odd Taxi. So look forward to that. Um, and until next time, this is AMO Kenzoku signing off. Saraba. Saraba.